Welcome to Retirement Plans A to Z. I'm Sue Burnett with Monarch Financial Advisors, and this series focuses on qualified retirement plans. There are a lot of moving pieces with these plans, and the rules are complicated and complex, so we're going to break them down into smaller pieces, 26 pieces to be exact, from A to Z, with maybe a few extras thrown in just for good measure. episode D for distributions. How do you get your money out of the plan? When can you get your money out? And what kind of penalties or taxes or anything else is involved? How is the payment of your benefits different depending on how and when you take them? Let's talk it through. First, what do we mean by a distribution? Money that's contributed to a qualified plan goes into a trust, and that's invested for the sole benefit of the participants. This is one of the many rules we mentioned in episode A. In general, if you're actively working, you don't have access to your qualified plan benefit. There are exceptions, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But overall, that benefit is in there for when you retire. So in order to get your benefit out, there usually needs to be a distributable event, something that triggers a distribution. Things like you quit, or you retire, or you become disabled and you're no longer working. At that point, yes, you can likely take a distribution from the plan. And I say likely because some plans require you to be a certain age, regardless of whether you're active or not. I still have a benefit back at one of my former employers because I can't get it until I'm age 55. For smaller plans, there's usually not this age requirement. So once you aren't active anymore, you have access to your benefit and you can take a distribution. At that point, you'll get a summary of all your choices from the administrator of the plan, and you'll be asked to choose what you'd like to do. In a defined contribution plan, like a 401k or a profit-sharing plan, your benefit is the sum of all of the contributions and investment earnings throughout your career. So your distribution amount would be the amount of your account balance. There are usually quite a lot of options to choose from. You may be able to choose a lump sum, which is a one-time payment that you could roll into an IRA, take as income and get taxed, or a little of both. With a lump sum payment, once you're paid this lump sum, there's nothing else due to you from the plan. You could also choose some options that will pay you over your lifetime. 401ks used to not have to offer this, but now with the SECURE Act that passed at the end of 2019, they do, which is a great way to have a constant payment over your lifetime. A life annuity would make payments to you over your lifetime, and if you pass away, nothing else is paid. Compared to the lump sum, this is a bit of a risk. For example, you may have the option to get a $1 million lump sum or get $50,000 a year over your lifetime. If you live longer than 20 years, you're ahead of the game. But what if you pass away after year one? Only $50,000 was paid and your spouse and beneficiaries are out of luck. So there's definitely pros and cons to each. There are some other distributions that you could take. Joint and survivor benefits would pay you a set amount for your life and if you pass away, a portion would be paid to your spouse or your beneficiary. A certain end life annuity would pay you for your lifetime, but would guarantee payments for a certain number of years. So in our example above, if you elected a five-year certain in life for $50,000 and you did pass away in year one, your spouse or your beneficiaries would get the remaining four payments. All of these options are specified in the plan document, and your plan may have all of these and more 
or it may not have all of these. This is all up to the plan sponsor. A fun fact is that a vast majority of people will end up taking the lump sum distribution, which isn't surprising. A 2016 Harris poll of retirees showed that 21% of participants who took a lump sum had depleted it in five and a half years. For whatever form you elect, you'll be taxed as the dollars go into your pocket. So if you choose the life annuity for $50,000, you'll have $50,000 included as income every year and you'll get taxed on it every year. If you take the whole 1 million out, again, you'll have that included as income and taxed in the year you take it. And if you're not age 59 and a half when you take that lump sum, you'll also have a 10% excise tax. So think carefully about whether it's worth it or not. But what if you don't wanna pay taxes? Well, you can roll that lump sum into an IRA and then you'll have a qualified IRA. As you take the money out of that, you'll be taxed. But until then, it grows tax-free. It is a great way to defer taxes until later on, but if you haven't taken any payments by the time you hit age 72, the IRS is going to start making you take payments called required minimum distributions. They aren't huge. At age 72, it's only about 4% of your balance, and it goes up every year as you get older, but it is something that you wanna be aware of. We'll talk more about IRAs in a separate episode. Stretch IRAs, which are no longer available as a result of the SECURE Act, could result in some big taxes paid by your beneficiaries. So tune into that episode to hear some options with getting around that. Everything we've talked so far about has to do with plain old cash. But what if there's other investments in the plan that you can take? Insurance, for example. What if part of the investment in the plan is an insurance policy on you? Well, you have options with that too. If you don't need the policy, it would just be surrendered, and whatever the cash value of that policy is would be added to your other funds. Then you'd have the same options as we've already talked about. But what if you want the policy? Well, you could have the policy distributed to you and you would become the owner. A few things about that. You would pay taxes on the cash value of that policy because you're getting it as a distribution, just like the regular investments above. That cash value would be counted as income and taxed and you'd have the 10% penalty if you're not 59 and a half yet. But you would have the insurance policy. Then it's a regular insurance policy. If there are premiums still due, you'd need to pay them. You could take loans on that cash value. At that point, you're a regular policy holder from the insurance company. But what if you're still active and you'd like to take a distribution? What about temporary distribution, loans? Or what if you wanna withdraw some of the money? This generally depends on the type of plan. Some plans, like 401ks or profit-sharing plans, would allow loans of up to 50% of your benefit and up to a certain amount. You'd then need to pay back the loan to yourself. I took a loan on my 401k when I bought my first house. It was a great way to have access to cash, and the interest I paid back went to me and not to a bank. There's no tax implications because you're borrowing the money and you're going to pay it back. So it hasn't been fully distributed to you. These plans sometimes allow withdrawals as well as loans either a hardship withdrawal if something unexpected happens and you need cash, or in-service withdrawals, which is when you're over 59 and a half and you wanna start taking some of your retirement benefits, but you're not ready to stop working yet. With a withdrawal, when you get that money, it's taxed as income. The money is being distributed to you and you're not paying it back. So it's counted as income for you in the year that you get it. For a defined benefit plan, cash balance, fully insured plans, the bigger plans, loans and withdrawals are usually not allowed at all. 
The final fun fact for you today is about the most well-known pension plan around, Social Security, which does not offer lump sums for retirement, just annuities payable over your lifetime. There is an option to take six months of payments as a lump sum for some people, but be careful. It pushes your retirement date back six months when they calculate your monthly payments, so your payments in the future are going to be less. Wrapping it all up, if you're actively working, you may have access to some of your funds via a loan or a withdrawal, but usually distributions are made after a distributable event. At that point, you'll have help from the plan administrator and from us to see what your options are, the pros and cons of each of them, and the dollar amounts associated. Once you make this election, it is done. You cannot go back and re-elect, so choose carefully. Get all the information and make sure that you make an informed decision. Want to learn more? Tune into the other A to Z podcasts where we continue to break down these wonderful and complex plans into bite-sized pieces. Remember, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Have any questions? Shoot me an email at monarchfinancialadvisors at gmail.com. Thanks for listening in and have a great rest of your day.